Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw on this Thursday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition. Of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Gambo, for those who don't know, has been canvassing the newsroom, trying to drum up support for a potential political campaign in the near future. I just wonder if I could run. I mean, you can, of course. Like you with can. your legs, you I mean? mean or? Like, you know. <laughs> No, like we're seeing like you know, t- TV personalities run, radio personalities sure, run. I of mean, course, of course. Gambo for Congress. Oh, why not, Gambo? <laughs> why not? Strong. What a what a values. What a what a question that is. Why not? Where to start with a question this like day, why not? To be honest with you, you go around the country. There's a lot of candidates that are worse than me that are running for office in this country <laughs> on both sides. I just honestly on both sides. Honestly, yeah. Why would you want to deal with that aggravation, man? Yeah. Why? Why? Why would you? Why would you want to put yourself through that? And they start. Di- I mean, something to do all, when I retire. Oh, I don't know what that was. <clears throat> first of all, let's address the elephant in the room, yeah, shall we? Yeah. Your mafia background might make things just a smidge tough. I mean, let's. This just kind of, you know, you doing a debate talking about the Castellanos family probably not going to win you a lot of brownie points. Yeah, I think people could overlook that. I mean, that was uh, that was a long time ago. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're going to be you doing know. the debates, and your opponents are going to be hitting Mitch up for drops from the show. Be like, did you hear when he said this three years ago? Yeah. And it's going to be like, they don't put ice in coffee. And be like, you can't let this guy run the office. <laughs> Do you really want somebody running I'm for Congress? I'm ban iced coffee. I'll run on that platform. Can you run no. just so we see the hit pieces? No, I, just like, uh, you know, I, I like um, violence. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Just, that, just that drop alone right there. Right there. Wow. You really do you want this man running for Congress? Hmm. And then you play the I, I like, I like, uh, I like um, violence. Yeah, you play that and yep. Oh, yeah. I can see why you're going to win. Yeah. Maybe there are a lot of people out there that do like violence. <laughs> we get I'd roll the action, Burns. <laughs> I'd, yeah, I'd run on that platform. All right. Well, we want action. <laughs> yes. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck if you're considering a run. Right, maybe some of that stuff will work against me. I, it just, I, I, yeah. I just, the, the mafia thing. I'm mean, just starting with that. I, I, I think might be Everybody a little. Everybody had to have a first job. <laughs> yeah, my, so I didn't work at yeah, a movie theater. Mine was like taking a, tickets. Mine was at a dry cleaner. You know, yours was yours was running errands for guys with you know vowels for last names. It, 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 yeah, in New so York, you earned a paycheck. I earned a paycheck. <laughs> one was legal. One was not. Right. One was immoral. One was not. Okay. You know, the, the most immoral thing I might have done is I found a dollar bill in somebody's pair of pants and I went, oh, hey, oh, okay. you kept Whoa, it. Hey, well, you know, oh, it might have been the most immoral thing. Well, you worked Guy for the comes in, Did I leave any money in my, my pocket? Nope, there was nothing in that pocket. I checked it. <laughs> I got empty. four rings you don't, mm, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. I felt like I was the only one. I know I'm not the only one, so I'm not. This is not a victory lap, but I guess I just was surprised how many people thought like people were just going to be off Phoenix. I get it. That Mavs loss, I still don't understand it. I don't know what happened. 
They were 64 and 18 last year. So even if they're depressed and bummed out and take a step back and maybe have one injury, they're still winning 50 plus games. Like, there's just no way. In another life, I want to be a podcast host where I can just curse and not have to worry about it, right? Like, I'm serious. Like, that, that, that's just, that's what you, forget running for office. You I should, should do a podcast. You should do a podcast where you just, you I will. Know, when un- I retire, I'll do one. Unfiltered. You do can one. just, you know, yeah. and you don't have to worry about dump buttons or seven second delays or I, I, I anything joined, like that. I joined a guy on a podcast. On the podcast, one of those. Uh, who was that guy? I joined a couple weeks ago. I joined oh, was, on the podcast. Um, Jake Fisher, right? Jake Fisher, yeah. NBA and he's guy cursing, from and I'm like, oh yeah, it's right. There's a podcast. Like we can curse. All right, good. Like, you know, like he started cursing. <laughs> you opened up the Gambo dictionary, didn't you? <laughs> like he cursed, and I was like, ooh, like I'm ooh, not used to cursing. Ooh, you know, fun. let's curse. Did you press the dumb button after you said that? <laughs> I'm like, that was, yeah, that was Ryan Rosillo uh, dropping f bombs and dropping a little knowledge on his podcast on the Ringer Network. He the Suns. Well, what about the bad vibes? What about the what about the bad vibes? The bad vibes. What about they've peaked? They, they've there was that that has been the residue now. Season's a week old, okay, and you're already starting to see it nationally. All right, whether it's Ryan Rosillo on his pod, whether it was pro basketball talk in an article I sent you today. Yeah. Oops, our bad. They're still good. Well, here it is. Uh-oh. The NBA's four most overrated teams entering the season: Phoenix Suns. Um, and it, but they basically said is it's not hard to find breakdowns of the Suns' bad vibes. Um, and then it talks about the Suns losing that home preseason game to the Adelaide 36ers when they were a 28 point favorite. We almost forgot about that. I forgot about the Adelaide 36ers. Then they said there's a mountain of bad vibes to overcome in Phoenix. And that's what it was. They lost to the Adelaide Sixers. You've got an ownership change coming. You've got Jay Crowder doesn't want to be here. You had the Monty and DA spat when they didn't talk for a long time. And a lot of people kind of read into that. And they said, you know what? I'm not going to take the Phoenix Suns seriously right now based on that. Based on that. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, they got off to this 3-1 and one start, and they've won three good games. I mean, they beat Dallas, they beat the Clippers, they beat Golden State, and everybody's like, yeah, never mind. Never mind. Pretty much. Yeah, never mind. That's I was pretty wrong much on that been one. the national reaction so far. I'm looking at probasketballtalk.com. Um, by the time predictions for this season rolled around in October, the Suns were almost an afterthought. Not bad, but barely discussed. That was a mistake. Watching the Suns in person, it quickly becomes clear this team is a t- Title contender this season again, and, and then they go on to point out all the reasons why, all the things that we've talked about oh. so far in this three and one start. Right, everything that's been good. Can the Suns block out the noise? Get past you know, th- and that's what a lot of this stuff was. It's you know, it's it, it, a lot of people felt that it would be hard for the Suns to focus and move past it. And but I always thought, especially with the ownership thing, there was so many degrees of separation between the players and the and the and the coaches and the GM and and Robert. Maybe not the GM, but the players and Robert. That I didn't think that was going to be a factor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I didn't make... So let's break it down. I didn't think the loss to the Adelaide 36ers was much of a factor. Okay. I didn't think the ownership thing would be a factor because I thought there was enough separation. I did think the Jay Crowder thing would be a factor. So did I. And I was somewhat concerned about DA and Monty not being on the same page. Me too. That's just... That's fair. Mm-hmm. Ownership? No, I didn't think that. I didn't think that. The, the bad vibes and everything, it's... You know, there's, there's a lot of talent on this team. But losing Jay and JaVale and not really replacing them, I didn't know Landell would be this good. I didn't. I thought he'd be good, but I didn't think he'd be this good. Mm-hmm. He's been much better than JaVale McGee. Much better. 
Like, if you went to Dallas right now and said, who would you rather have? They'd rather have Landale. If you went to the Suns, would you, would you want JaVale McGee back right now? No, I like Landale. Yeah. So some things have worked out really well for them. James Jones made a uh, you know a good trade there to get him. Uh, but I do think that they, the ownership thing I did not think was going to work against them. But the Jay Crowder thing, I look, they still haven't replaced them. So I did think that that was going to work well, against them. Well, and there was another thing I thought was going to work against them. And to be honest with you, it still might. And that's the rest of the West. Now, so far it hasn't. You've taken the defending champion and you beat them you've taken everybody's flavor of the of the week in the yeah. LA Clippers and you've beaten them but but obviously we know how this is going to go um we what what is this what remember am I this at? one remember this one no what is that that's skip well skip Bayless. it sounded like Monty didn't want DA back and DA didn't want to come back i got good news for Laker Nation the suns are about to set in the west <laughs> no yeah this was just a couple thank weeks you, ago thank you skip it's just a couple weeks ago can always count on skip to yeah, remain grounded and reasonable i it, Good news for Laker Nation. The Suns are about to set in the West. But like, like people, people stopped believing that this was a but contending I'm glad team. You're being kind of honest about this too, because I, I think it's safe to say we had our doubts. Um, I got to run. I, I have to be honest. I'm going to run. My platforms have to be honest. The integrity. You, you, there's an integrity value, issue. Family here. values. I, I got to run it's on those. Not like we were sitting here from two until six every day for a month leading up to the season, saying, "Man, ignore everything you're hearing about the Suns. They're going to be great. They're going to be awesome. There's nothing wrong at all. Everything's fine." That would be a lie. That would be a lie, and we're not going to do that, all right? We were concerned, too. But was I concerned to the point where, I mean, what did I think I said? 54 wins, 53 wins? That's still a really good season. And I'm still very much concerned about the rest of the West. I think when Denver fully gets up to speed with Jamal, I think when the Clippers fully get up to speed with Kawhi, I think when the Warriors play their starters more and their bench less, the West will be a really formidable opponent collectively for the Suns to have to deal with. But yeah, the Suns aren't dead. Yeah, the Suns are fine. And the two big things that you and I were both concerned about, Jay's absence and the da Monty relationship, so far, no big deal. No. It's no big deal. Everybody was writing about it. The the situation between DA and the Suns seems to be very awkward. You know, and like it was, like it was, but when you're professionals, you can sometimes you can overcome awkward many times. I got a job to do, you got a job to do. It's awkward. You know? You ever worked with somebody you didn't like? I mean besides Mitch. Like do you ever work with somebody you didn't like? Do, do, do I need to answer this now? <laughs> that's a, there's a softball right there. There's that softball. I'm like um, loving it up for you. Um, no, but you know what really? I'm saying. You, I mean, I'm sh- you're going to ask me that on the air? You love me. <laughs> you do. You love Whoa. me. Yes. Whoa. I'm like one of your best friends. Whoa. Whoa. What? Whoa. No? <laughs> okay. All right. I... I I love you, Gail. There you go. There you go. There you go. I love you. The point is that many like, people... I'm not gonna, like, I'm not going to not hear that drop at some point in the near future. You don't have to even cut that. I don't even want you to use that one. You don't have to cut it. The point is that people work with people they don't like all the time. You got a job to do. You get along. It's, I'm not saying they don't like each other. Maybe they do. They had an awkward situation. But you got to get over it. Like, you got to you got to get past that. They, they've gotten past it. DA's playing, Monty. It's not like Monty. I'm going to take it out of DA and I'm only going to play him 12 minutes a game. No, they're paying him a max contract, for goodness sakes. Yeah. So that's worked out. When we come back Back here on the Burns and Gambo show where it's nothing but love on a Thursday afternoon. Why is offense in general down across the NFL? We don't know. The quarterbacks don't know. The head coaches don't seem to know. Can the Cardinals figure it out? That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Driving in today, I heard this terrific stat on Wolf and Luke show that Luke threw out there. 
And I might not get it exactly right, but this is kind of the story he was trying to tell. You want to take a guess? How many teams in the NFL right now today are averaging less than 20 points per game offensively? More than half. Mm. Okay, you, you went big. It's not quite more than half, but 13? it's very close. It's 14 teams. 14, okay. Four, five, okay. six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, I'm sorry, 12. 12 teams. 12 teams are averaging 20 points or less. You know how many teams did it last year? Four. Wow. Four. Wow. I'm sorry, two years ago. Two years four. ago, four teams. Two years ago, four teams. Scoring's down. Scoring's yards are down. Everything's down. The and, and, and so let, let's take a broad observation about what's going on with the NFL and try to apply it to the Cardinals here. Because all season long, we've been like, what's wrong with the Cardinals offense? What's wrong with the Cardinals offense? What's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? And they're all valid conversations. And they're all valid concerns. Something's wrong with the Cardinals offense. They're, this time a year ago, you know, they, they averaged, this time a year ago, their average points per game was like 10 points per game higher than it is right now. Something's clearly wrong with it. But also something's wrong with it across the league, right? Like there's scorings down across the board in the National Football League. And as Cliff Kingsbury said, you know, he's talking about quarterback numbers, but he might as well be talking about offense in general. I don't have an answer on that. I mean, a couple of those guys are still putting up big numbers. Um, but yeah, overall, I think offensively a lot of teams aren't playing as well as they like, and everybody's trying to figure it out. Cardinals are scoring an average of 20.7 points per game this year. That is their lowest number since 2007. That's crazy. Yeah, it's been a is, while. It has. It's uh, it's it's surprising that an offense that has so much money invested in now there are th- like Rodney Hudson's out and Justin Pugh is out and Hollywood Brown is out and Hopkins has only played one game and so there are factors into why I can make an argument that the Cardinals offense hasn't exploded yet. I can make arguments that they didn't have Hopkins for every game but one. Holly Bra- Hopkins comes back, Hollywood Brown goes out. They just traded for a guy hasn't he's only played a couple of snaps. Like you you could look at that and say that's why. This offense is supposed to be explosive. This offense is supposed to score 27, 30, 35, 40 points a game. They are. They're supposed to get the ball and have these 10, 11 play drives and wear defenses out and be very difficult. They're supposed to be able to run the ball. They're supposed to be able to pass the ball. Kyler Murray with accuracy down the field is supposed to hit big plays and also supposed to hit short plays because of the tight end that they have in Zach Ertz and the ability to throw the ball to James Cotter and Eno Benjamin. So the fact that all of that hasn't really worked yet is a surprise. A lot of it has to do with the really, really slow starts in these first quarters where they've, you know, going into last week, they only had three points. What did they get in the first quarter last week? Was it three again? I think it might have been three again. Against the Saints? I think so. So it's like that's six points in the first quarter of a football game. So the slow starts, I think, have been a real factor there. But there's enough games now, and Hopkins is back, where I'm hoping that that's going to change, that this offense is going to start to play more in line, no matter what the other teams are doing. No matter what the other teams are doing, you're like, okay, the Cardinals offense has to... Like, Tom Brady and the Bucks are really struggling right now. Yes, they're they really str- their running game's terrible. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line is terrible. They're not going down the field at all. Like, the only real... Like, Julio Jones has four catches all year long. Okay, they brought him in. He's got four catches. For those of you that wanted Julio Jones here, the only guy to have as reliable as Evans, and he even had a bad game last week. There's a lot of factors into why Tom Brady and his offense are not playing well. Yeah, now, of course, there are teams that seem to be 
immune to this. The Kansas City Chiefs are immune to this. They're, you know, dropping 40 points, it feels like, every other week on teams. The Bills are obviously immune to this. The Eagles have been great. The don't know how. The Seahawks have been one of a top five offense, top six offense, scoring the football and scoring touchdowns so far this year. But it's it's down across the board, and I, I overstated it a little bit. The Cardinals, through seven games, are, well, yeah, no, nearly 10 points fewer per game. Last year at this time, they were averaging 32 points per game. They're at 22 right On now. On their way to a 7-0 and start and a 10-2 and start. So now they're a three and four football team. So I mean that's probably the main reason why they're a three and four football team. The offense, the defense has has done everything. How many times has the defense held an opponent to twenty points or under? Like four, like you know, in in their wins. So yeah. it's it, it's more on the offense's inability to do what they're supposed to do. The defense has been all that in a bag of chips. I think they've been real good. Kyler Murray deep throws, and it's funny. We're going to talk. The Vikings are coming up this week. We're going to talk about this from the Vikings' perspective a little later because they're going through the same thing. They're going through exactly the same thing when it comes to explosive plays, downfield plays, trying to figure out how to create more explosive plays and why they're not getting those anymore. Kyler Murray last year on throws over 20 yards downfield, 46% of his passes he completed. Sixth among quarterbacks yeah, in the NFL. so good, right? The he accuracy? So good down the field. We loved that about Hollywood Brown coming in. We thought Hollywood Brown would really excel because of Kylo's ability to be accurate on deep throws. This year, he's converting 25% he's, of but, his throws. Right, but he, up, until the, up until last week, there was a lot of, you know, we had talked a lot about it. He's not the same quarterback. Happy feet, he's struggling, he's not reading defense as well. He had done not been good. He had been bad. You know, he had a hard time justifying that contract. He had been so bad. And then was, is it Cliff? Is it Kyler? Hopkins came back last week. Things kind of settled down, got back to normal. Now let's see this week against the Vikings if they're able to do it again. Yeah, it's here's Kyler yesterday. He was asked if he feels like there's any reason why offenses dropped around the league. Here's what he said. Maybe defenses are, you know, a lot of too high, a lot of, you know, shell coverage and stuff like that, making people check the ball down, take the underneath stuff, which I know we've had to deal with that. Um... I think I would do the same if I, you know, if I was a defensive coordinator, kind of a, a bend but don't break type of mentality. Make these, you know, all these. There's so many great athletes on offense, so many great players in today's league, so competitive that um, I think you know it's tough to put guys in you know situations where they're playing man or um, where they can get beat. So you know, I would, yeah, I, I, uh, I would probably do the same. And don't get me wrong, I'm not excusing the Cardinals offensively for a second in the start that they're off to. But again, these are similar comments that are coming out of Minnesota this week about how they're taking away the deep stuff and they're playing this two high safety defense yeah. and they're keeping everything in front and they're they're more than happy to allow the dink and dunk offenses. Wolf was talking about this a ton today. They're more than happy to let you go dink dunk dink dunk dink dunk but anything big anything downfield we're just not going to give it to you. Yeah. We're not going to allow you to do that to us and many defenses it seems have kind of adopted that why I think scoring is just down across the league because many defenses have sort of caught up to mm-hmm. offenses and how they're operating. Well, and I think defenses also like the ability to like, look, if you're going to go, if, if you go deep on one play and I give you 55 yards on one play, you might score in four plays. But if I make you have to go 10 plays down the field with dink and dunks, well, that's 10 plays where I have linebackers and safeties knocking the crap out of your running back to try to force a fumble. So that's the other thing. I mean, if you say, okay, you swing that ball out to the running back and now he's got to try to run through three guys to get five yards. Good luck. Good luck. And I got guys, you know, 
trying to pop the ball out, guys hitting the ball. And so that's that's another thing. Defenses get an opportunity for a turnover more so on, on that. There's just more opportunities for a turnover when you've got to throw it five yards to go all the way down the field all the time. Yeah, absolutely, because all those plays that you have to run to get there, you're just kind of asking for trouble. Right. The Eagles just announced they're returning to the Footprint Center on March 1st, 2023. It's the Hotel California 2023 Tour. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. You can win a pair now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. This weekend's game presents a golden opportunity. The question is, for whom? That's next, Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Let's bust it out on this Thursday afternoon. We got Eric here with our Twitter poll question of the day. Hello, Eric. Hello, hello. Are you uh, preparing Gambo's candidacy for I was just going to make a joke about Campaign that. manager yes. right there. Campaign manager. <laughs> He's your campaign You want manager. me to be the campaign manager. Hey, you know, he'll work Maybe. tirelessly for you. Exactly. Tirelessly. That is true. Hey. Every day, I prove myself. Yeah, absolutely. He'll, he'll go out there and he'll hustle. Mitch. Knock on doors. Mitch isn't listening to us right now. Mitch is off in his own little world. Uh, all right, so when you're not uh, planning... Uh, Mitch, will be the, Mitch will be my band. <laughs> my one-man band. Hail to the Chief every time Gamble walks in. What instrument did you play in the band again? Saxophone. Oh, saxophone. Bill Clinton. All right. I played that big drum at GCU. What was that called? Well, here's the thing. If if you're the elected official, yeah, they play the instruments for you. Yeah, you, I don't, you don't need it. Don't need He's it. a man of the people. He'll play hey, the instruments. He right would. In he would just run over and just yeah. You know what? I'll just bang that. Hey, drum. can I play Why the not? big thing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, um, speaking I'm of do whatever big, it takes. <laughs> speaking of big things, big plays. We got a couple poll questions out there. One about the Minnesota offense: Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, both explosive. But something the Cardinals and the Vikings have both struggled with are those big plays down the field. So, combined, how many 20-plus-yard plays do you think happen in the game on Sunday? You have four options. A big, fat zero, one, two, and three-plus. Combined? Combined for both teams of 20-plus yards. Oh, three-plus. You're that confident. Oh, that's that's not that hard to do. That's not that hard to do. I, I, I think... I think your numbers are a little askew here, my friend. I, I think you go back and you look at a typical NFL game, and you're going to find that there are more than that. So I'll I'll say three plus. Forget it. I'll you're be- not going to be my campaign manager. <laughs> I, I think I think even. Oh, yeah. Mm. Easily more than three Hey, this plus. is the poll that gets me out of managing Gambo's campaign. I'm going to start posting more like these. I am. <laughs> Gambo, you want to you chime in I on I would this say... One? Yeah, I would say there's going to be at least three. It's going to be at least three combined. Yeah. But I'm not trying to... I guess I guess we'll see. Because I mean, they've we'll both just, been we'll bad. I, I just They've both been bad, but I, I think even... Bet him a lunch on it. Go ahead. He owes you, you owe him one. Bet him a lunch. I'll go. Yeah, put him in that. Double or there. nothing right, right, now. right now. Double or nothing. Double God. or nothing that there's at least. I don't want to be rooting against big plays on Sunday. <laughs> oh, no. DeAndre Hopkins got a 40-yard touchdown. Right, that's fine. No I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just buy you lunch because uh, I do a good lunch. What's the audience say on this one? The audience, it's a tie so far. 42.4% rolling with two. 
and with three plus. 9.1% with one, 6.1% with zero. The fact that 6% think that there will be zero. Zero plays of 20 yards or more? I mean, a lot of dink and dumping. Yeah, even dink and dunk, you're still getting 20 yards every now and then. All right. Are we doing the other one? Was the other one's one? just as much of a blowout. Oh, <laughs> oh man. That was a tough not. day for the poll questions. <laughs> I guess we're not doing the other ones. So, so Bobby struggling in the polls with Gambo's new campaign. That's right. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's we're polling the wrong people, and we've got a... So the poll question should have been, how many people would vote for me if I ran for office? Uh, you, do you really want to know that? I think a lot of people would say yes. <laughs> I'm sure a lot, a lot of people would. A lot of bad would. candidates out there Doesn't the mean world. you should run. Doesn't mean you should run. How would you want that? No, I, yeah, it's fair. You know? That's a lot of work, Gambo. Like, it this is. doesn't create enough pressure for you. I, this I, job you have right now. Yeah. I do want to go spend a lot of time in Norway and places like it's that. So tough. It's going to make it kind of tough. Run for office in Norway. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> you should. You should. Those are our poll questions. That is our poll question. I should say you can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page, at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find that. Okay, so the Vikings... And uh, we've we've talked about this the a little. Five and one Vikings. Yeah, put the, some respect on their I'll, name. I'll put a little respect on their name. The five and one Vikings. Yeah. Look at some point, and we learned this last year with the Cardinals, right? Like no matter how real it is, no matter how not real it is, at some point it doesn't matter. You just about to built get up really a, real. You just built up enough of a lead, mm-hmm. and you're gonna get into the postseason. I mean, you, you just you'd have to epically screw it up to not get into the postseason. And the Vikings are getting there very very quickly at five and one. This is a big weekend. For them, this is a big moment for them. They they yeah. are set up very, very well the rest of the season if they're poised to take advantage of Well, they of have it. the biggest lead in the NFL. Nobody's got a bigger lead than them. They've got a three-game lead in the loss column on the Packers and the Bears. The Vikings are 5-1. and one. The Packers have, three, four, have four losses. The Bears have four losses. Then you look at this week, right? You look at this week. They're at home. The Vikings are at home against the Cardinals. They win. The Bears, who just traded Robert Quinn, got to play the Cowboys. The Packers got to go to Buffalo when they don't have a snowball's chance, I don't think, for a Sunday night matchup. So all of a sudden, if the Vikings take care of business against the Cardinals and the Packers and Bears lose, you know, you're talking about having a four game lead. You're talking about having a four game lead over them. They also play six of their final 11 games at home. And they've only got a trip to Buffalo. That Week 10 trip to Buffalo is their only remaining road game against a team that's got a currently a winning record. Yeah. So their schedule is easy. They'll have a four-game lead over everybody else. Like So like for the Vikings, you have a chance to really, not really put the nail in the coffin, but start hammering away at that nail if you can win this game and those other teams yeah, lose. Yeah, I mean, they're in a great spot, and yet they're, you know, the, the predictions are starting to come in for the game. And, and I, I saw one today, and I sent it to you, and the line in the preview was, this is the first line, this is on the Athletic website, quote, there's a pretty good chance the Vikings are frauds at 5-1. and one. And that's a popular theory, given that this line has already been bet down by a point and a half. I mean, there, there are people out there, and we'll talk more specifically about this later on in the show, but there are people out there who just aren't buying it, who just think, okay, they're just not that good. But again, it doesn't matter 
Whether they're actually that good or not, we'll find out come the postseason. Yeah. But with all of these games at home, with all of these games against substandard competition, with the, the, the big lead they could have in the division this weekend, depending on what the Packers and the Bears do, it might not matter if the Vikings are frauds or not, or if they're really that good or not. At some point, you're going to look at them and say their record, they're going to go to the playoffs. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. The Vikings have kind of been in this spot before. They've been two years. In 2000, in 2016, they were five and zero before the bye. Five and zero. They came back, and Mike Zimmer had said, "You know, fat cats get slaughtered." Before they played Philly, they lost eight of their final eleven games. They finished eight and eight. They were only the sixth team to miss the playoffs after a five and zero start. So they so they did fall apart in 2016. 2017, they were six and two at the break after they had beaten the Browns in London. They win seven of their final eight. They win thirteen games. They win the North. So they finished ahead of the Packers. Like. So, like, there was two examples of going into the break where they were good. 5-0 and in 16 didn't make the playoffs. 6-2 and in 17 made the playoffs. So they're going to try to avoid that repeat. But they've got the big lead right now, and they've got an opportunity. And that's what, you know, listen, the Cardinals don't want to fall two games below 500 either. I mean, you don't want to be, you're chasing all of these teams. So you don't want to, you know, you don't want to fall because there's so much mediocrity. But that is the one team, the Vikings, that have a real great opportunity here to really just kind of, kind of control that division from start to finish. Yeah, Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Vikings yesterday on the 5-1 and one starts. Not a lot of times is it easy to see the little things football teams do to win uh, being plus four turnover margin when you look at being a pretty limited uh, penalized team um, when you look at how we finished halves and games and some of the situational football that we talk a lot about I think we've done a lot of the little things that help teams win games in this league that maybe don't jump off stat sheets and and uh, check a lot of boxes for people to be able to see uh, if they haven't seen us play but uh, I think our guys have played really hard and, and now to me it's just about across the board in all three phases, striving for what is that standard. And they're not great in anything, right? I mean, no, what? No, fourteenth in points scored, twelfth in points allowed. They're not like they're not a great team. They don't they don't rush and you know, clobber everybody with their running game. They don't have big passing games. They so they're one of those teams that you look at and you say, well, you yeah, they're five and one. Okay, they're five and one. Like. You could see them going and losing four to five or five. You could see that, right? Even with the schedule being as weak as, as it is, they're not a team that everybody's buying. Everybody's not looking at the Vikings. Oh my goodness, put the Vikings in the Super Bowl. You know, like I said to you the other day, if we took the Vikings, the Giants, the Jets, and it was one other team, you know, that's been a big surprise. Seahawks? Seattle. I don't think, no, you said to me right now, do you think any of those teams make the championship game in their respective divisions? I'd say no. I don't think the, I don't think the Jets, Giants, Seattle, or the Vikings are in the NFC championship game. No. Or AFC championship game on the other side with the Jets. I don't think so. But you don't know because there is nobody like who's, you know, who's your NFC championship game right now? I mean, everybody likes the Eagles. Okay, I get that. I like the Eagles yeah, too. Philly and, Philly dot, and who? Dot, dot who? Who? Philly I mean, and Dallas? Yeah, Philly and Philly Minnesota, Minnesota. Philly and, you know, Tampa Bay or Green Bay. San despite Fran? how poorly they're playing. San Fran and their quarterback situation. I mean, I I don't it's it's as I it's as wide open as I can remember it being because the teams that are at the top you just don't trust. The teams that are at the top you That's just exactly right. have a hard time believing it and exactly have a hard right. time thinking whether they're gonna be any good or not. And this Vikings team is no different. Now to their credit and to Kevin O'Connell's point, they do a lot of those little things very, very well. I mean the the situational football that they talk about the 
the the turnovers and and the special teams. The special teams is great. And the penalties and keeping guys healthy. They've, they've been really, really good at that. But whether that's good enough to last over a full season or not, we'll see. When we come back, are we even further from a sale of the Phoenix Suns than we thought? We'll tell you why we might be thinking that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Somebody being able to put in a little bit amount of money and run the team, those days are over. But that, oh, that, was, a, yes. that was a moment. The one guy who might pull it off, and I heard, I'm probably breaking some news here, but I heard Obama's involved in one of the groups, and that's the one guy that I feel like they would make him the actual face, and the money guys would be so happy to have him at the front that they would just be like, cool, yeah, you... you well, you can, well, well, time out. Yeah. If Obama, if Obama called me, hell yeah, I'm buying him. <laughs> It was Bill Simmons and Charles Barkley on Bill Simmons' podcast from a couple of days ago. And it was Bill Simmons saying, you know, that, that he was asking Chuck if Chuck was going to be a part of the, the next ownership group of the Suns. And Charles was like, yeah, I'm not giving $20 million. I don't have a say over anything. And that's when Simmons says, well, just so you know, I'm hearing a rumor that Barack Obama might be one of the minority owners of the team. And they would, in. they would actually make him the face of the ownership group, even though he's not the money guy. He would, you know, he'd just be in for a small amount. But because he's Barack Obama, he'd kind of be the face of the group. And that's when Charles said, oh, yeah, absolutely, I'm in. To the point where I don't, I don't think we've turned it around just yet, but I guess Monty was even asked today about the Barack Obama rumor. It's gotten to that point where we're talking about the sale of the Suns. And I, and I look, that's been one of the nice things about the Suns start. At three and one, we're so focused on the basketball and what's happening on the floor. Yeah. I haven't really given much thought to who the new owner is going to be or who no, the next owner is going to be. Somebody has a lot of money and is willing to spend above the salary cap and pay luxury tax. That's all I want. That's it. Yeah. That's not asking too much, is it? No, so, no honestly, like, who's going to buy it is probably going to have a lot more money, but somebody who is, I want to win a championship, and if, if it costs me $75 million a year in luxury tax, I'll pay it. Yeah, it's your I point. I want that guy. The only, the only time I've thought about it in the last week was when we had James on the show last week, and he said, yeah, you know, the ownership situation kind of impacted the Cam Johnson conversation right. a little bit. Yeah. You know, to the point where he, no one's quite sure how deep the next person wants to go when it comes to the luxury tax, and that might have influenced kind of the conversation and what we had. The thing that you read about today, and I read the same story, is something we've talked about almost from day one day one. Robert Sarver announced his intentions to sell the team. Is he selling the whole team or is he selling his share of the team? And that seems to be something that is being talked about in the kind of business community. Quite a bit. There's, you know, they're talking about how you know, you can, whoever comes in may, you know, buy a, a stake of the team at kind of like a fraction of the price, have control of the team for like 40 cents on the dollar. And what I mean by that, well, and I'll just, I'll just read this part to you so you, under, you understand. The owners of 60% of the team do not have what is known as tag along rights, meaning only 40% of the club might be sold. Three sports investment bankers have said, they said Sauver owns 35% of the team, but his shares are the controllable shares. A 5% stake held by private equity firm Dodd 
Ohio has the provision that if the controlling owner sells, its shares must also be bought by the new owner. Saves you forty percent. But the remaining limited partners do not have the tag along provision. I've been I brought this up right from the get go. What do the, the the other minority owners have? Do they have to sell? Do they have a right to uh, to buy in? Like where where do they stand? So it says Sarver could require in any transaction that all the shareholders are bought out, but it's not uh, oblig- obligatory. Like you don't, they don't have to. So the other owners who own the other sixty percent, they might say, "I'm not selling my share." I'm not so, but whoever's buying the forty percent would have control. Like you would have full control of the Suns because you're buying, even though you're only buying forty percent. Now that's where I could come in and maybe win this thing against you guys. Whoever had the low, whoever whoever had the lowest bid might win this thing because maybe it doesn't sell for three billion dollars. It only sells for one point three billion. Those of you listening who have no idea what Gimbo's talking about, we have a bet among the four of us here. What's going to be the sale price of the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, and man, if you're not. You're not lying. That's like the second thing I thought of when I read this story was, man, I wonder if the low bet is going to win. I wonder right. if the low guess among the four of us is going to end up winning this thing because if it does because truly all the come down to just 40% of the team being sold, then it is going to be the lowest number. And then somebody yeah. could come in and say, I can run an NBA franchise for a fraction of the cost. For 40%. For 40, for 40 cents for 40, on the dollar. For 40 cents on the I dollar. I got full control. What, I got full control. I'm the boss. Now I'm partnered with people I might not want to. The interesting line of the story, though, Robert, and you just read it, and I think he kind of skated over a little bit. Robert Server could require in any transaction that all the shareholders are bought out, but it is not obligatory. They don't have to. In other words, it's up to Robert. If Robert could require, hey, you're going to buy the team for me, you're buying the team, all of the team. It's all for sale. Like it's it's up to me whether forty percent is for sale or whether a hundred percent is for sale. That's that's how I interpret that line. So basically, Sarver if there's an re- owner he doesn't like, John Najafi, I'm selling that guy's portion. But another guy you like, you may not sell his portion. Like you, like does he have the ability to say, okay, there's eleven, twelve, thirteen other owners. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have you sell this 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 I'm gonna have you sell 65 percent of the team, but the other 35 percent guys that I like I'm not they don't have to sell their share. Th- there's this line in the story too. Quote: This is complicating the sales it's a big process. Line. It's a big line. Yep. Because prospective buyers are unsure if Sarver will require his partners to be bought out, and if he doesn't, the valuation is sure to spike because somebody can get control of an NBA team for 40 percent of the valuation. So I, I, it's a lot of mumbo right. jumbo. And I'm trying not to talk over everybody's heads here, but but like so you want to buy the Phoenix Suns and you're trying to figure out, am I buying 40 percent of them or am I buying 100 percent of them? And and do I need to come up with one point four billion or do I need to come up with four billion? Do I need to come up with you? What, what? Yeah, because you may not listen a lot of times when you go in that high of a price, you're going to bring in a group of people. You're going to bring in a group of people. I'm going to get this guy, and now you're going to get you're going to get uh, Charles Barkley. You're going to get you're going to get other investors who wants in for ten million, twenty million. Who wants in, and that's going to add up to a certain amount of money. You might have some that have that are thirty, forty, fifty million. So that's what it really could be. But if you, if it's a, a, a less, it's, if it's only forty percent of the number, you're not going to 
come in with probably a group of 10, 11, 12 people. Yeah. You know, because then your share is going to be much less. You might come in with the majority of that on your own. Look, I'll be honest with you. And 100% honesty here, I don't really care if the guy coming in or the gal, you know, the, the man or the woman coming in, buying the organization. Um, I don't care if they buy 40%. I don't care if they buy 100%. I just want them. I never want to doubt their commitment to wanting to win. You know, I never I never want to wonder, are they all in, you know, and 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 does does that mean that I want the new owner to go as deep into the luxury tax as the Warriors guy or the Nets guy or the Clippers guy? I mean, in a perfect world. Yes. Sure. I mean, no, literally, yeah, price yeah, you want is that. no, but but I, I, I want to make sure that I, it's not limitless, but I also want to make sure that the limits aren't the, the kind that are going to make you make choices you don't want to make. You know, I want. Like Cam Johnson, if if Cam Johnson wants $10 million more and that's going to push you a little deeper into the luxury tax, I want an owner who's going to give Cam Johnson $10 million more to make sure he stays around, even if that means going a little deeper Can you imagine somebody coming in and spending that type of money? Whether you're coming in at 40% at 1.4 or you're spending $3 billion. Can you imagine somebody coming in and not wanting to pay an extra $10 no, million for no, a guy? especially, especially when you think about how close this team is to winning a championship and how you can be... Think about that. You're John Gambadoro. You're about to buy the Phoenix Suns. Okay, I can be the guy that brought the championship to you Phoenix. Can, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. You can be the guy. I'm the guy. You can be the guy. I'm going to host the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Yep, who can be me? Brings the most title-starved market in the NBA. Because make no mistake, that is what we are here in Phoenix. We're the most title-starved market in the entire NBA. You can be the guy. You're going to ride in on your white horse, and you're going to be the one who, okay, I, I'm the magic man. I just made it happen. Oh, yeah. I, I, you're going to make a trade that's going to make you pay $80 million in luxury tax, and you're not going to blink an eye. I would think your desire to be that guy would say, yeah, I'll go into the luxury tax. I'll go pretty deep into the luxury tax. The, I want to be that if guy. If that owner has a press conference, don't you think that's going to be the first thing people ask? Of course. How committed are you to winning here? How much are you willing to spend? Are you willing to go above and beyond in the, with, with this, uh, the tax to pay to win a championship? That's no going to be the first. Like, if the guy has a press conference, the first thing that's going to be asked. So Vance Joseph today was asked a bunch of questions, the Cardinals defensive coordinator, and he had to clarify further the presumed benching of Isaiah Simmons earlier in the season. What did Vance have to say about it? You'll hear next on the Burns and Gambo Show.